Welcome to Monmouth Community Christian Church. It's such a joy to worship our Lord with you today. This is what we were created to do. This is where we find our meaning and purpose in life as we as a community live life together in the presence of God, worshiping Him, being transformed into His likeness. Well, it's my privilege today to welcome Pastor Kedrick Brown, and he's a friend of our church. Uh, many of you know that he's been speaking at Joy Walk uh, throughout this school year, and it's been such a privilege to have God use him in the lives of our young people and our youth counselors. And so thank you so much, Pastor Kedrick, for your ministry among us. Welcome. Share God's word with us today. Thank you, Pastor Nathan. Good morning, everyone. Gee, this is a time of celebration. I, I heard that you had, if I have this correctly, uh, you had an ordination yesterday. Somebody say hallelujah. And there was a baptismal service this morning. Can you say hallelujah? <laughs> I mean, these are signs of, I was telling Pastor Nathan, of, of a vibrant church. More important now than at any time before. Can you turn to somebody next to you and say, good morning? Good morning. You, you are, point to them, say, you are the light of the world. Amen? <laughs> well, there is a word from the Lord. So if you have a Bible, let me ask you to please just lift it up uh, in whatever form it is, like this, electronic. Just lift up your Bible and have a look at it and say, this book is a gift from God to me. Not for decoration, not for decoration, not for superstition, but for transformation of my life. Amen? There is a word from the Lord, and the word from the Lord basically is going to be, can you say go and grow in the grace of God? One more time, go and grow in the grace of God. So thank you, thank you, Pastor Nathan. Thank you, MC3 family, for having me here. It is a special joy to be with you all. Know that you all love the Word of God, and it's, a, it's, it's just a joy and a delight to be able to share it with you. It has been a joy, continues to be a joy, to be with the, the Joy Walk Youth. Fantastic group of young people, and that's a great ministry that you all have here. Now I've got a simple question for you. How important do you think the grace of God is? How important do you think the grace of God is. Well, let's have a look. Guess what? In the greeting of every single letter from the Apostle Paul, there's something about the grace of God. Let's look at that from, to, to the Romans. Romans 1 verse 7. He says, grace to you and peace, and, and this is to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. After Galatians, of course, comes Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, there it is again. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and my vision isn't the greatest, so I got a bit ahead of myself there. Yeah, there we go. Philippians, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you detecting a theme? All right. But it continues. So 1 Thessalonians, he has it, grace to you and peace from God our Father. By the way, he's going all this grace to you, grace to you, grace to you. Did you get who the grace is coming from? I heard somebody say, God, I heard somebody say, Jesus, one and the same, amen, coming, coming from him. And so then we get over, that was Ephesians, Philippians, we go over to, we, we had Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, yeah, 1 Timothy, he has it again, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Timothy, same thing, Titus, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Grace to you and peace from God the Father, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's in Philemon. Every single one of the letters from Paul, without fail. But it's not only Paul. Because from the Apostle Peter, every letter that he wrote, do you think grace is important? Every letter that he wrote, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God and Father in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace, everybody say grace, grace to you and peace be multiplied. And in his other letter, Second Peter, there it is again, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. But not only does he have this in the beginning, so this is like, he, he's sending a letter, and he's trying to get the attention from the very first. What is he giving them? Grace, grace, grace. Guess what? He ends every letter with the same kind of a similar formula. So Romans, we have the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. First Corinthians, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Second Corinthians, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, um, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. All along the way, he has this being repeated. Now, there's something else that happened. Let me share that uh, briefly with you as well. All right. If you know your Bibles, you may recall that in the book of Acts chapter 20, Paul made a, a trip uh, near Ephesus, and he sent for the elders of the church at Ephesus. He sent for the elders because he wanted to give them a farewell address. He was on his way to uh, Jerusalem, and he thought he would never have the chance to see them again. He was, of course, correct. So he called, he sent for the elders, and in his farewell address to the, those Ephesian elders, in that farewell address, he had this, this uh, phrase, Acts 20, 32. Now I commend you to God and to the word of his which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who have, been, uh, who have been sanctified. This is his last time talking with them. He's making an emphasis. If God repeats something in the scriptures, it's because he's emphasizing it. It is important. And guess what? Not only there. We talked about Paul. We talked about Peter. Let's look at the very last words of the Bible. The very last words of the very last book. Revelation chapter 22, verse 21 can you all say this with me, everybody together? The of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So, so God wants us to know that this thing about grace, the grace of God is critically important. And today we want to talk about go and grow in the grace of God. As we do this, three simple things. First, we want to take grace defined. What is it? Grace defined. Everybody say grace defined. And next is going to be grace demonstrated. And last is going to be grace demanded. Amen? Amen. 
Simple message. So grace defined. The first appearance in the Bible, in, in the New King James Version of the Bible, King James also, uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. Oh, well, this was going to be a bill, but that's all right. Um, and, and the verse says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You remember the context. God's created the world. There's been the problem in the Garden of Eden. He has sent folks out of the garden. And uh, men are multiplying on the face of the earth. And it says that the whole world was filled. Every imagination of the thought of men's heart was only evil continually. That, that, that's what it says. It also says that the world was filled with violence. And it says God was sad that he had made man upon the face of the earth. And God made a decision that he was going to destroy the entire earth. Can he do it? Sure, right? He made it all. He can destroy it all. He made that decision. But then we have this verse. It says, but Noah, one person, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Hebrew word is hen for grace. And that means that that's the word that gets translated as grace or favor. The Greek word for the New Testament is the word from which we get charity. It's charis. Uh, the Greek word from which we get this same grace. And what does it mean very simply? Can you say unmerited? unmerited. One more time, unmerited. unmerited. Because it is unmerited divine assistance. This is Webster's uh, definition. Unmerited divine assistance given to humans. And a couple of key things in there. It's unmerited, not earned, not deserved. And the other part is divine. It's coming from God. In favor, just gracious kindness, an act of gracious kindness. But we want to we look at some Bible examples as we try to see grace defined. And the first one we want to look at is one from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You know, the Lord Jesus told stories to help us understand some key biblical truths. So let's look at one of them together. We're going to do responsive reading on this. And... Clicker is not clicking. So if we can get some technical help, please. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, yep. There we go. Great. All right, so I'll, I'll read the slides in black, and you'll read the slides in, in blue, please, and I'll, I'll let you know. So... You don't see it, the blue yet, but it's going to be. <laughs> Everybody with me? Yeah. All right. So here we go. So, Matthew 18. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, and then he launches into the story, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Wow, how much? 
is 10,000 talents. Well, if you were a day laborer, if you were a day laborer, it would take you about 20 years to earn one talent. Are you following this? All the mathematicians in the house. So if, if you are a day laborer, 20 years to earn one talent. So this, if you were a day laborer, would have taken you about 200,000 years to repay. Can, can you say unpayable? But this guy falls down on his, on, on his face before the master and says, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Can he do it? No chance. Uh, they didn't live 200,000 years ago, um, at that time and we still don't, right? But let's move on. Verse 27. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Can you say grace? equals unmerited assistance. Did this guy deserve it? But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. How much money is a hundred denarii? It's about four months wages for a day laborer. 200,000 years on one side, four months on the other, right? But he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. For this guy who got put in jail, did he get what he deserved? That was the law, right? You don't pay. That was it. He got what he deserved. For the guy, for the first one, forgiven this totally unpayable debt, did he get what he deserved? No, he got grace. This other person got law. All right, let's continue with the story. Then his master... After he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgive you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And then this other one is a serious one. Let's say it together. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So that was grace defined. That's grace defined. Let's look a little bit at grace demonstrated. And let's ah okay. There was some odd there was some animation here that's not working, but I'll I'll talk through it anyway. Um, so anyway we're getting to from from that parable to real life Jesus Christ walked on this earth um, what year is it if you talk to any atheists uh, sometime soon and uh, you get into an interesting discussion ask them what year it is and if they say 2023 then ask them 2023 what where do we get this 2023 from there's somebody who called Jesus whose visit to this earth basically changed the calendar. Are you with me? 
And so even people who say they don't believe are following that calendar today. But he was here. He gave sight to the blind. Can you say free of charge? In fact, let's make it simple. No charge. Okay, so he gave sight to the blind, enabled the crippled to walk, healed the deaf, the mute, cleansed and transformed lepers, taught thousands about God, fed 5,000 plus from five loaves of bread and two small fish, raised some from dead to life again. Did they deserve it? These are examples of the grace of God. There's another very powerful one, but I'll just, I'll just throw in something that's not in the slides. I'll just throw this in quickly. Two stories. One of those stories happens to be from the Old Testament uh, during the time of Moses. Um, they were in uh, this book. This story is in the book of Numbers. They were in the wilderness, and some people went to Moses and said, Moses, we found this guy gathering some, some sticks on the Sabbath. What should we do to, with him? Got the picture? So this guy is caught doing what he's not supposed to do, right? So Moses says, all right, let me go ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. The Lord said, have the congregation stone him to death. And the congregation stoned him to death. Can everybody say law? Did he get what he deserved? There's another story of somebody who got caught doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. Uh, some funny things about this story, but anyway, this one's from the New Testament. Just, just to give an illustration. Some of you know the story from John chapter 8, this woman who got caught in adultery. Uh, it, says, it says she got caught in the very act. I don't know what happened to the guy, but that's another, we'll leave that one. But anyway, they take her to Jesus and says, yeah, the law says that we should, you know, stone this woman. What do you want us to do with her? And you all know the story, all you Bible scholars, that Jesus bent down and started writing, and, and, he, and they asked him again, and he got up and he said, he who is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And in some time, everybody disappeared. He got up and looked around and said, woman, where are your, accus where are your accusers? And she said, you know, there are none, Lord. She was standing before one who had no sin. And what did he say to her? He said, go and, he, no, sorry, very important. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Can everybody say grace? grace. Is, did she get what she deserved? Did she get what she needed? Somebody say hallelujah about that one. But there's, there's, there's an even more powerful example, demonstration of the grace of God. Oh, this is not going again. Let's see. Help, please, if we can switch the slide, please. What it's going to say, uh, once we are able to get it switched, if we're able to get it switched, is Jesus was arrested late one night. He was tortured repeatedly. He endured multiple unjust trials. Before Annas, before Caiaphas, before Pilate, he was declared innocent three times yet condemned to die. And he was even mocked by those who were involved in this. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 23, let's see, okay, it's going again. All right, Luke 23. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand 
and the other on the left. So this is Jesus who had done all these things, had healed their sick, been in the different places, helped them all kinds of ways, right? Raised their dead, all these different things that I mentioned. This is Jesus. And what did he get? After all the abuse and all of that, the Bible tells us in some places they, they blindfolded him and one person would, would hit him and say, oh, you're a prophet? Tell us who hit you. After all of that, after having him carry his cross partly through the streets of Jerusalem, etc., they finally crucified him. And what are the first words that came out of his mouth? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Can everybody yell, grace? grace? Unmerited divine assistance. Now, grace, the demonstrations of grace, the first time the word appears is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But, there we go, all right. But, 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 the, but the demonstration of grace starts before that. And I hope you're following with me. So the demonstration of grace started in creation. Am I right about that? Did God have to make any of us? Did God have to make us, did God have to make me, did God have to make you in his image after his likeness? That is grace. To Adam and Eve at Eden, after they messed up, what did they deserve? Death, expulsion, they, they just wiped them out. He'd made them. He could start all over. Did they get what they deserved? Did they get what they needed? <laughs> we see it to Noah and his family. Everybody else, everything else that breathed air on all the dry land died except Noah, except eight people, Noah, his family, and those in the ark with him. That was grace in the Old Testament. To Israel and other nations, how many times did Israel mess up? He forgave them, and they go back into the same thing, and mess up, and they go back into the same. Grace, not only to Israel. Some of you remember the story of Jonah. Some of you remember the story of Jonah and the city of Nineveh. Grace, grace, grace. To the Jews of Jesus' day, grace. To the Gentiles of Peter's day, of Paul's day, and guess what? Hallelujah to me and to you. James 1.17 says, every good and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights. In another place it says, what do you have that you didn't receive? Think about it. What do you have? Your brains? That's a gift. Every single thing that we have is, is, is illustrations of the grace of God. So grace has been demonstrated to all who have received Jesus, Christ Jesus. And, and Pastor Nathan mentioned a little bit about that. This is a verse that many of you know by heart. Well, well just say it with me. Let, let's just say it together. For by grace, you... Let's switch it a bit. Let's switch the pronouns. Can we do this? This is switching pronouns in a good way. Let's change the you to I. All right? Can we do that? And instead of yourselves, can I, can I say myself? Okay, so let's try this together. For by grace I have been saved through faith, and that not of myself. It is the gift of God, 
lest anyone should boast. Unmerited divine assistance. Now, grace is an attribute of God. It's just a part of who he is, part of his nature. And I'm not talking about make-believe gods. I'm talking about the real God, the living God. Everything that we know about God is because he has shown it to us by revelation. And he's revealed himself not only in, you know, this universe that he's made, but in the book. Everybody says it's in the book, right? And so among his attributes, yes, he's omnipotent. He has all power. Omniscient, he has all knowledge. Omnipresent, he's everywhere at the same time. He's just, he's just, but he is also gracious. Long time ago, uh, American Express had an ad campaign, and part of what they would say in the ad campaign uh, is, don't leave home without it. Ever heard of that? But the truth of the matter is, can we say, without the grace of God? Can you just say with me, without the grace of God, I would not be here. We need it. It's critical. All right, so grace defined, grace demonstrated, and grace demanded. Can everybody say grace demanded? Remember Matthew 18? Because in the latter part of that story, it says, Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgive you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Jesus is demanding it. Jesus says, Freely you have received, freely you give. God has given us grace. I am a recipient of grace. You, if you've been born again, are a recipient of grace. And he's demanding that we do the same. In this particular case, he said, so my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you, see how precise he is, from his heart. He's not saying just say words, forgive your brother their trespasses. How long would the list be if we're going to list every sin that you've, that you've ever done in your life? How long would that list be? And in Jesus, he, he, he cast it as far away from the, as, as the east is from the west. And he brings it up no more. And as we've been forgiven, he wants us to do it for others. So, demanded. Can you say, go in the grace of God? Look at Luke 6. He says, love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. He wants us to go and live in the grace of God. As we come to wrap up, I want to encourage you to be mindful of the time. Now, there are, there are some who may, maybe have seen this, this particular thing before, uh, but help me with it. I'm, I'm going to say something, uh, and I would just like you to say in response, happened. Can, can we do that? Okay. So in this case, I'll say creation, corruption, and that was the fall, confusion. And that was the flood. Oh, let's see. Okay. I, I, I jumped. So let's, let's start over. I made a mistake. <laughs> All right. Second chance for me. So creation, corruption, catastrophe. That was the flood. Confusion. That's the Tower of Babel. Christ's first coming. The cross and the resurrection. Folks, right now, 
the church age is happening. Just about all this stuff in all this part of the Bible over here is, is done. Is done. History. But there's just a little bit more. And we are at this point in history just before the part that we call completion. The events described in the book of Revelation and all of that, it's not going to be the immediate end of the world because Revelation tells us there's a whole thousand year period in there where Jesus is, 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 is going to be reigning from Jerusalem. But folks, these things that you see around you, where, we don't, where, where, where some of our biggest leaders can't even define what a woman is, where all kinds of things are being taught in the schools and all kinds of violence is occurring in the streets, etc. Don't put your hand in the sand. You're seeing what you're seeing. These are the last days. And in this period, not only are we to go in the grace of God and share the message of the grace of God with others, but we should grow in the grace of God. Second Peter chapter 3. This is Peter's last letter. And as he ends it, he says... Don't fall, but rather grow. Can everybody say grow? In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, we're supposed to be growing, continually growing. We should be being fruitful, and we should be following the example of our Savior. So how, how do we do this to grow, to continue to grow in the grace of God? We need to know him, keep our eyes on him. Keep our heads in this book. The, the wisdom of the world is foolishness before God. This is the truth. This is the filter. These are the glasses you need to properly see the world around you, around me. But so we should know him through his word, and we should follow him, and that has to do with our will. Amen? Can you say go and grow in the grace of God? We've looked at grace defined. We've looked at grace demonstrated. Let us pay heed, be doers of the word and not hearers only on the matter of grace demanded. As we have received, so we should do unto others. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this church family. And Lord, we want to thank you, you, you most of all for your wonderful, infinite, matchless grace freely bestowed on all who believed all, on all who believe, we thank you, Lord, for your grace. Help us to show forth that grace to those who you bring us into contact with. You seal this message to our heart, and please bless the rest of the service as we gather today in Jesus' name. Amen.